Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Is Your Teaching Life, a podcast about ordinary teachers and their not-so-ordinary jobs. Join co-hosts Josh Simpson and Steve Crow as they explore the journey and experiences of everyday teachers, coaches, and educators. Discover tips, tricks, and advice as you listen to stories from everyday people who dedicate their lives to one of the world's most intricate, challenging, and rewarding jobs, teaching. This is Your Teaching Life. G'day everyone. Today, Josh and I were extremely honoured to sit down with Bo Vernon. Now, Bo's journey is already pretty well known and documented. Like, you'd only need to do a quick Google search or jump on his website to learn about his story, where he acquired a spinal injury in a freak accident whilst playing local footy. And because it's such a widely known story, our chat with Bo is more about his coaching philosophies and how he goes about teaching young people and the wider community to deal with hardships in life. So Bo is the current senior football coach of the Phillip Island Football and Netball Club, and he's already achieved some incredible success at the clubs he's coached. Bo also gives talks to schools and organisations, and I've been fortunate enough to hear him speak before, and if you ever have the chance to listen to one, I can tell you they're profoundly inspiring and well worth making the effort to go and hear him speak. As you'll hear, Bo is a very humble family man with a great sense of humour, and our chat will relate to anyone who's a teacher, coach or a mentor, or even just anyone wanting to find out more about how to make the most out of life. I love the quote on Bo's website, which you can find at bovernon.com. Everyone has ups and downs. We have a choice to either move forward or wonder why me. And I just love that, and I reckon it relates to teaching so much. I know for me personally, this opportunity to talk to Bo was a humbling experience. And a big shout out to Lucy for allowing us to come into his home. And both Josh and I were very grateful for the time Bo gave up to chat to us. And as always... The crew at the This Is Your Teaching Life podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gathered today and pay our respects to their elders, both past and present. Sorry for the interruption. Could everyone please tune in for This Is Your Teaching Life with Steve Crow and Josh Simpson. Well, Bo, thank you very much for coming on, mate, and uh, chatting with us. Um, First thing I've got to ask you, though, mate, before we ask you a bit about yourself, is Josh Simpson any chance of playing seniors? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, thanks for having us, Coe and Simo. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, well, he reckons he's moving away, so hopefully he gets the training a bit and keep, keep, keep playing with us. And he's, he's had a big off-season, though. Uh, went went travelling and uh, been doing the running. So, <laughs> fit, fitter than ever, I reckon. This could be your year, Josh. It could be, but Sign him up. this isn't about me, Craig. This is about Bo today. So, yeah, welcome, Bo. Thanks for taking the time, mate. Um, just tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, yeah, name's Bo Vernon, and uh, yeah, 32 years of age and live down Phillip Island in, in San Remo. I'm a bit, bit of a fraud. Uh, yeah, don't actually go across the bridge. So, um, yeah, in San Remo here. And, yeah, got a lovely wife, Lucy. We've been married for, geez, a few years now. <laughs> Come up to seven, far I'm getting old, <laughs> and cool, um, yeah, three three lovely lovely kids. So Layla, Joey, and Ollie are um, four, three, and eight months old. And yep. yeah, love love being a dad, and, and love the opportunity that that brings, and the joy it brings to your life. And uh, yeah, so so good. So yeah, you look forward to that, Timo, yep. in uh, in the months to come. But yeah, that's good times. And yeah, just a well, me. Yeah, Sort of normal knockabout bloke and, and love getting around me mates and, and, and family and yeah, don't mind getting out in the surf and um, and doing a fair bit of sport and, and whatnot. So 
Yeah, I coach, I suppose the reason why you guys got me on here, I coach Philip Island Senior Football Club and um, I've done that for the last three years. So. Yeah, a couple of flags in that time, I believe. Yeah, I've been, been very fortunate there at the Island, yeah. So the two years that we we played, because um, we weren't able to play last year due to COVID, but uh, the two years that we played, we, we went back to back and something that, yeah, very proud of, everyone involved that, uh, you know, first time in Philip Island's history that they've ever gone back-to-back um, in a senior premiership. So, yeah. And Fantastic. prior to coming to the Island, did you go back-to-back at Lane Gatha or...? No, 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 no. So, yeah, coached at Lane Gatha for three years and we and we lost two grand finals um, and, and then won the, won the third one by, by one point. It was, um, it was 30 degrees that day and either side of the that day it was 15 degrees on the Friday, 15 degrees on the Sunday it was cooking. It was a um, high-scoring game, and yeah, one by one point. So Jeez, how good. Oh, we 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 actually went down. We're winning all game. We went down by nine points about five ten minutes into the um, last quarter. We're like, yeah, far out, not, not again, not again. So it was good to get the chocolates. And that was was that the first flag in a long time down there? Or? Yeah, it was first flag in six sixteen years. Um, and leading out the pretty proud club, but they won a flag in every decade. Since the twenties, so twenties, thirties, for every decade they'd won a flag in, and I, I got to the club in two thousand and eleven, and um, yeah, hadn't won a flag in my time there. So it was sort of like we did a win a flag this decade, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the year after I left, they they won again. So I went yeah. back to back. Yeah, you can only imagine what that would be like for the town after coming yeah. so close and then finally getting over the line. It was phenomenal. It was one <laughs> of the. There's a couple of old timers that. Had to go lay down their car. We were worried about their heart, heart stopping, and, oh, and and then on the ground after it was one of the best feelings. Just everyone like such a nice day, and then everyone running onto the ground, and, and yeah. how much it meant. It's amazing how much a sport could mean to so many game, mean to so many people, and it yeah. was an unbelievable experience. Oh, can only imagine. Can only imagine. Josh never had a chance yet. <laughs> No, this, this year. <laughs> Maybe we can't wait to learn more about your coaching philosophy and obviously this is a show about teachers in all facets so um, can't wait to get into that but before we do we want to find more about you as a youngster and your own like schooling time as a, a primary school kid so where did you go to primary school or high school and did you have any sort of outstanding achievements whether personal or sporting? Yeah uh, so I, I lived in Inverloch for eight years from about you know, three years old to 11, I went to Inverloch Primary School and then for whatever reason, in grade four, I transferred to Wonthaggy in St. Joseph um, and then went to New Haven College over here at the Phillip Island uh, when we moved over here. So uh, that was my, my schooling life. I wasn't wasn't yeah, great at school, to be honest. I uh, hated sitting still and, and really didn't enjoy <laughs> uh, my attention um, span in the classroom. Yeah, it wasn't 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 great. So um, I was quite I was quite intelligent, I think, but just lacked the um, yeah concentration probably to put that into into use at, at that young age, and just couldn't wait for recess and lunch to get out and kick the footy and and run around and chase some girls around and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> as a little tango, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, in terms of outstanding achievements. Um, I won a few state medals in, in athletics as a junior, and um, yeah, I played TSC Cup um, in the in the football and played the premiership there. Played three years 
that Gippsland Power in under-18s. He was the youngest player in that premiership side and, uh, yeah, had, unfortunately had a few injuries, maybe at the wrong times in my, in my junior career there. But, yeah, and something at schooling, I was the only person in year eight and nine to go back-to-back in the state for high distinction in, in maths. So I, uh, I'll take that one. Uh, yeah, I'll run with that one. <laughs> That's a far cry from our last guest. Yeah. <laughs> in person, he, he yeah. wasn't, wasn't much on the maths side of things. Yeah. No, he didn't enjoy his maths, did he? Yeah, um, but he, he did have something in common. He said he couldn't sit still and concentrate in class either. Yeah. Um, now, something we ask on this is about the enter score. So we've sort of found that through all the guests that we've talked to, enter score doesn't really indicate where you're going in life or what you're doing. But how did you go with your enter score? Um, I got uh, 77 something. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I probably hadn't really studied before year 12, which didn't give me good prep. And then in year 12, I thought I was doing a bit of study. But when I probably look back on it, yeah, I didn't do too much and maybe wasn't, I was a contributor, but um, wasn't in the right, right environment where... In the freeze, I um, oh, would not do any, any work all um, free period, but I did my knee that year in footy and it gave me a little bit more chance to focus well, a little bit more on my schooling. And uh, yeah, but <laughs> I'll get a, like, I trained at Collingwood a week before exams started, and then I got run up by Richmond to go train with them post exams. And I just could not study at all <laughs> because all my mind was thinking was. Yeah, I want to make the most of my footy and, and leave the child and 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 you know the dream of um, what I'd always dreamt about as a child was there, and then schooling was just like on the backbone. Yeah. So I was pretty stoked to get seventy seven. To be honest, that's a good effort. Yeah, higher than you put together, isn't it? Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're obviously playing footy for you know as a junior and stuff. Do you have any or? especially now being a, a successful coach in your own right, do you look back and think you had any teachers or coaches sort of in those junior days that inspired you or um, helped you along the journey? Yeah, well, Dad, Dad's the first one that comes to mind. He coached uh, Philip Island. And I was born in 88, 1988, and he coached Philip Island in, in 90 and 91 oh, and coached the flag in 1990. They drew it in 91 and then lost, I think they had six or something players, couldn't play the week after and then lost yeah. in the rematch. Um, and then he coached you know, um, another couple of teams over the next few years. So up until about five and six, Dad was coaching footy and um, I think that, like, even though I can't remember a hell of a lot, like I remember going down to a training session with boys kicking a footy, footy with me and, and stuff like that as a little tacker. It just brings back great memories. I think that was... And then looking back on that, you know, photos and, and memories, like, it's really just, really got me thinking about football and, and coaching and, and different yeah. things from a young age. And Dad played AFL at, at Richmond and Sydney and sort of, yeah, my, it really, probably stemmed, you know, you look up to your dad and, and maybe you want to emulate what they did and, and uh, yeah, really gave me my love of football and it wasn't forced upon me, it was just, I generally just Football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how good's that? And what about teachers? At a young age, yeah, I have a couple of teachers that I sort of look back on and, and think they were good role models for me. I think, um, yeah, it's maybe not what you take out of the classes, maybe their actions and the way they behave that, mm. you know, help you with your coaching, I suppose, yeah. or teaching now. So, um, 
Yeah, it's always interesting hearing people talk about that and what they remember from their teachers, especially being teachers now, because I can't remember personally many of my primary school teachers. No. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a funny, funny one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember too many either myself. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, um, and then, and football coaches, like, I feel like a good attribute of mine is that, like, you know, I'll meet someone or, or know someone and, and try, I try and pick the good qualities I like about that person or that teacher or that coach and, and try to sort of adapt it into your, into your own life to make yourself, you know, sort of the best version of yourself. Yeah. Some good advice. Yeah, absolutely. And you said that your your dad pretty much he inspired you a lot to get into coaching. Do you, do you want to share your story and how you got into coaching and where it all started? Yeah. So um, yeah, in 2012, I stopped playing football due to an injury, and and 2013, I went back to Lane Gaffer as an as an assistant coach. Um, after that time, I was only, I was 23 in 2012, so still yeah. I thought I was pretty old at the time, but looking back on it, yeah, very, very raw and young, and um, went back as an assistant coach in 2013, then 2014, had a year off, got married, went travelling over to Europe, and come back to the last game of the year and watch my mates and brother play, and, and Lee and Gaffer play, and the club wasn't going very well, um, and the players weren't going well, didn't look like they were enjoying it, supporters had dropped off. And whatnot, and I just sort of went home that night and said to Lucy, "I'm thinking, yeah, that really inspired me to go. I think I can make a difference to these players, this team, the club, and, and the community." And uh, and I thought, well, if I can try and make their lives better and, and the enjoyment around the place better, then and think I'm the right person for the job, then yeah, sort of that was what inspired me. Was that game? I had probably no intentions of. Co- coaching um at that point in my life um and didn't think i was going to do it in the future but there was one game where yeah it, it changed my mindset and probably always growing up always thought i would coach and, and then maybe went away from that for a little bit but yeah um yeah. that was the thing that probably inspired me well yeah, it's like that's fascinating to hear you talk about that because often when we talk to teachers who are like in the classroom teaching they have that, that a similar moment of something that happens where it's like yeah. that's mm. my turning point to go in and, and actually be that that teacher or coach or whatever so that's, yeah. I think it's cool yeah. too that you identified that within the club and you thought I can make a difference here and actually had that self belief to go and do it like other people might look at it and think oh I could do something but I might sit back and just watch what happens but yeah. got out there and did it it was awesome yeah I think that's one, you know, thing that's so important about life is to continue to continue to grow. You need to step outside your comfort zone, and and no doubt there was doubt there um, from myself, you know, to um, I'm not you know arrogant enough or you know that confident in myself that I'd just think I'd cruise through it and be able to do that job. No worries, a lot of doubt, but I think the more times you do step outside your comfort zone, that that's where you see see real growth and. Um, it's been probably the single most important thing in my life to develop my confidence in other areas to, yeah. to coach. So, yeah. Did you feel a bit of pressure to convince the people around the club that you already knew because you grew up at Lee and Gaffer? Didn't you? Oh, I grew up at Phil Palm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you had a bit of a tie to Lee and Gaffer previously, did you? Or? I'd played, uh, I played at Lee and Gaffer for one, oh, one and a half yeah. years and, and then I had the injury and then uh, yeah so you, and then assistant coach a year after that yeah. and so you've got the belief to, that you can do it how did you go convincing 
the club, yeah. I suppose, to, to give you the gig. And that's sort of the, the next question, which I believe there might be a story about as your first interview going yeah. for the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, had a chat to Lewis that night, thinking, you know, I might apply for the job. I knew the coach um, from the previous year wasn't going to be doing it again. I think they were, he was maybe travelling over, going overseas or something for work. And um, so, yeah, I had a chat to Lewis, and then I had a chat to a couple of other people that were close to me over the next couple of days, and then I rang the president. Um, who I had a good relationship with and just gave him a call and said, if I apply for the senior coaching job, are you going to gonna take me seriously? And he said, yeah, put a presentation together as to you know why you think you should be the coach and um, present it to the exec team or the powers that be and, and the people that would decide that. And yeah, I, the weekend after, I... Um, put a two-hour presentation together as to why I thought I was the best person for the role. And, um, yeah, it was quite feel quite convincing um, and good presentation. And they threw a lot of questions at me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a wheelchair, so there were, you know, some questions around that and how I felt like I could cope with different circumstances and different things. I can't regulate my own temperature either. So, like, middle of winter and it's hailing and, you know, you're out on the track and how's your body going to cope with things like this? Um, but yeah, it was mostly about just what I thought I could bring to the club, and um, yeah, I think the two previous coaches, one was really good socially and enjoyment-wise, the other one was very good game day structure and, and different things, and I, I felt like I could merge those those two things together and bring enjoyment and a sense of structure and the way we want to play footy um, to to the club. Yeah, that's amazing. Man. It's a great example of like. For anyone out there, I suppose, of like if you believe in something and you put the effort in, and you know, it can really work for you. Success throughout in other areas, I suppose. So, mm. awesome, yeah. Not to say, you know, you've tried to blend those two coaches together, I think you've done that perfectly, mate. Having been with you at the club for a few years now, I think you're very good at getting the boys together. And <laughs> so I'm trying to get that one to do, mate. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Um, no, but that's, we'll smash through segment one. Now, segment two is just a little bit of a way for the audience just to get to know you a little bit better. So, the first question is, if you have any superpower, what would it be? Yeah, I, I, I thought about this one and I was a bit unsure. I, I, would, I would love to fly. Yep. I would just love to fly. I just think the freedom and the uh, liberation, if that's the right word. Um, yeah, flying would just be unreal, but... Um, we watch P- I watch a bit, a little bit of PJ Mask with the, with, the, with the kids for anyone that's yeah, got, got kids, and uh, great show. I love Gecko. Um, and Gecko's got super Gecko strength. He's got super Gecko grip. He can camouflage himself and go invisible, and he's also got a shield as well. So I, I really like him. Yeah, just, I can't wait to get into this show. <laughs> um, so. I believe that show is on Netflix, and that's our next question. <laughs> <laughs> so we can skip that, or is there anything else on Netflix you're watching at the moment? Mate? Uh, yeah, well, during the year, during COVID, uh, previously, I was watching a lot, a lot of different docos and, and educating myself, and, and lately I've just been watching some crap. Like, I don't watch much TV, but uh, without going into too much detail at night, um, I have to go, you know... Um, go to the toilet and share and that takes me a long it's a long process due to my injury and um, yeah so I sit there and maybe watch an hour of uh, Netflix at that time and yeah 
I was watching docos and educating myself, and now I'm just yeah. watching total crap. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that. Some yeah. uh, Will Ferrell that. stuff, uh, Adam Sandler. I'm turning back the clock, and uh, and then the other night I watched um, Warrior. Um, it's yeah, it's a sort of MMA, UFC sort of movie, and um, yeah, I love that one. Nice. Recommend it. Warrior. Watch it. Yeah. Right. Good one. And what about like a favourite book or Audible or podcast that you listen to? Uh, yeah, podcast. Um, what you will learn. Uh, they uh, review books in like a half an hour to an hour um, podcast, and they like it's just easy to listen to. It's not dry or anything like that. I really like that one. Um, yeah, listen to Joe Rogan and and and. Dylan and Friends, um, and a few different ones. A book, uh, one that I really liked last year has had a huge influence on my, on my life um, during COVID was, um, I didn't read the book, but it was like a, it was a mentor of mine's, um, con- he'd been to a conference and it was um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and um, that really, really helped me. Uh, the book, I tried reading that. It was pretty dry um, a couple of years ago. Very dry and very hard read. But the um, this conference and the notes and the action items and stuff like that were, were yeah. awesome. I really loved that one. Yeah, that's a good way to read it, actually, because I agree. It took me three goes to read half of it. I still gotten through it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And reality TV, if you could pick anything, mate, what, what would you go on and why? Uh, I think I'd struggle on what, The Bachelor or Bachelorette or whatever. Which one. Um, yeah. I'm... I'm thinking Survivor because I don't think I'd be a threat to anyone so no one would vote me out <laughs> and then I might get some sympathy votes um, when I get to the last two and win it so yeah. uh, that's how I'd go with <laughs> stay tuned if any of the producers are listening <laughs> <laughs> well thanks mate um, moving on into the next segment so this is more about the, the coach or educator that you are today um, we sort of touched on that the one that's on our list at the start but like what yeah. sort of interest do you have outside of coaching and how do they if they do influence your coaching or yeah I'm uh, yeah I've got a disability myself and um, big interest is um, sort of the disability field and disability advocacy and um, you know sort of my major thing in life is to have a positive influence on that space because I think you know, when we think of someone with a disability, we automatically think that that's a negative thing, and it's not. It just is, and it's just a way way of living, um, different way of living for you know a range of different disabilities. So that is a massive interest of mine, and something that I really, um, you know, very very passionate about. And um, since you know having a disability, it's really uh, given me great perspective on life. It's introduced me to a a wider range of people that um, have shaped my life and, and made me a better person um, because of it. So um, that's shaped me. My family, yeah, like big part of my life is, is my family, my kids, and stuff like that. And they motivate me to be, you know, sort of the best dad I can be. And I took uh, the kids, my daughter and my boy, who you know were four and two at the time, and down to training pre Christmas with just some under 18s. It wasn't an official training, just some under 18s and. The boys run past them and all everyone I said to all the boys, make sure you say g'day to them when they run past, they all ran past their hello and, and then the kids were um, fetching the footies behind the goals for us and bringing them back and then they have a kick afterwards and like, that's just gold, it's like, yeah, so good. So Some other interests, like, yeah, sporters, I love sport, all different sports, whatever it is, yeah, I love it and, and played it as a youngster and 
And then um, sort of like well-being, I was really passionate about and the interest of mine is just how can we live the best lives we can, we can live because it um, seems like this day and age with a lot of negative news and, and negative things that like it's getting harder and harder just to live and feel good and, and, and whatnot and I'm just so passionate about that and that by being passionate about that it really helps me um, keep on top of those things myself and um, and uh, which then I feel like as a coach or teacher if you're in a good mood that you know you, you've been the best teacher you can be or if you're a sportsman you know if you're in a feeling good then you're going to be best at your sport or if you know in your relationship you're going to be best at your relationship if you're, if you're feeling good about it and mm-hmm. enjoying it so yeah. yeah, it's definitely infectious, that sort of positivity and that sort of stuff, isn't it? Like, I know yeah. as a teacher, if you walk into the room and you're down, it's going to have an impact on the kids straight away, mm. for sure. And am I right, you do like a bit of public speaking in that space as well now, as well? Yeah, yeah, so I do um, yeah, a lot of talks for uh, yeah, organisations and schools and events and different things like that, and, and that's really good. Like, I really like that, just to um, meet new people and... and People come to afterwards and say, you know, like even months later, send you an email to say, you know, because of that talk, I went and did this or went and did that, which, yeah, I hate talking about myself, to be honest. <laughs> well, I generally do. I just, I don't like it one little bit. But, you know, I've got this platform where I can try and have a positive influence on people's lives. So it sort of makes me fight through that, um, knowing that I can have a positive influence on, on people. So, yeah, I do that, and, and then I'm a director of a couple of different disability companies, and, yeah. and um, trying to get people with a disability out into employment and, yeah. and stuff like that as well. So yeah, it's good. So how do you go? Like you, you talk all the time to your players as a coach, like we would as teachers. You know, you talk to kids every day. But one of the things that we always find in teaching is that teachers, whenever they have to speak in front of their peers or like adults, they have this like fear or anxiety of, of doing it. Do you still feel that as a, a public speaker now, like having done it so many times? Or? Yeah, so to start off with, I was cracking myself <laughs> like so bad. Well, the first ones I ever did was um, for the AFL season launch. And I didn't realise until about an hour before I was speaking that it was actually on Fox footy and, and different things like this. And I was, I was so scared. And then... Yeah, each time you do it, it got better and better and better. But I would hope that I never lose that sense of you know nerves um, because it just means I'm probably not as passionate mm-hmm. as I want to be about that talk. So I, I still feel the nerves to perform yeah. and, and have a positive influence on every time I every time I talk. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's a good sign yeah. if you got those nerves there next time. Yeah, yeah that's it. The staff with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you touched on their positivity, and I'd say that's one of your strengths. What else are your strengths as a coach, do you think? Yeah, um, it's probably something I should analyse a little bit little bit more and um, think about a little bit more, but I just I wrote down a couple of things knowing that you're going to ask that question. And I thought that one is just like the respect I have from, from the playing group that... I sort of um, have just through my actions in, in life. I feel like that um, very fortunate that I feel like the players respect me and, and I respect them and it creates a good relationship. And um, I feel like every time I've gone out to play football that I wouldn't have ever thought that we're... Yeah, I feel like we're always on. 
Like, and we always give it our, our utmost. Where I watch other teams, it's like some days they're, they're trying hardest, and other days they're sort of just cruising a little bit. So, yeah, I think the respect, um, I think a strength of mine is that I generally care for everyone at the football club, whether you're a good player or you're not, whether you're a player or whether you're a supporter or volunteer or whatever. I generally do care for everyone because, yeah, I just want everyone to feel valued and, and enjoy their time down there. So, um, And then I, I think one that I've developed over my coaching career is that I understand that everyone is, is different. So like everyone's got different motives to play and, and everyone's got outside things that they they do and, and some have a lot more than others and just understanding that everyone's everyone's different and, yeah. and not the same. So. No, I'd feel pretty comfortable playing footy if I had a coach like that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I come down. No. <laughs> you touched on it quickly before that you got like a, you said you had a mentor. Do you, do you have like other mentors in your life that you can kind of turn to and, and stuff? Or you, and yeah. You know, what, what do you get out of like having those mentors? Yeah, it's something that I still, the area I need to continue growing, but the, you know, probably the biggest mentor for me is my wife, Lucy. I um, confine in her a lot um, just around different situations and, and how to approach them and um, so it's more about relationship based and, and and how to approach yeah um, whether it be conflict or you know or just on how to motivate people or, or whatever I talked to her about some ideas I have and she gives me her ideas and, and different things there so that's a really good one um, yeah I've got uh, over the last year I've got a mentor which is more about life and um, and my my working career yeah. so yeah um, that's been that's been so good for me it's just really um, made me what he's been able to do is made me clear on what's the most important things in my life and making sure I'm putting time and energy into them yeah. and, and where I want to get to uh, in different things so yeah it's, it's good and in terms of football I've, I've, ha- I've got a couple of people um, that I do uh, chat to but probably need to improve that so like David Park and I, I reached out to him a, a few years back and, and he so I chat to him a little bit um, around around football um, issues and 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 then yeah I go down to Richmond Footy Club a little bit and, and watch them train and chat to some yeah. of the coaches there and, and um, just figure out some strategy more yeah. so with footy yeah that's good some mm. good advice there I think even for anyone really just to have people in your life you can turn to Super important. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, it's um, yeah, something that like you need to. I think us as people, like, and as me, early days as coach, you sort of think you can do it all yourself. Um, but like, you know, you get a little bit of info off different people and and listen to people around you. It's so much more beneficial. Mm. And that's something as, as a coach, how do you find that? Like handing things off to the line coach and stuff. Is that something you struggled with early days, like relying on them? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, early days, it was pretty much just me at training, and I'd take yeah. the whole whole thing, and that was probably a little bit of stubbornness of being in a wheelchair and people maybe doubting whether you can do something in a wheelchair, or it might have been just myself doubting myself that just wanted to prove to people that, you know, I, I, can, I can do this, where now I'm very comfortable in my own skin and my situation that... Um, and and got great people around me to to you know, give a different voice and 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 work to their strengths and bring them them in as well. So get, got a lot better at um, delegating and and will continue to get better at that. Yeah. Yeah, Bo, as a coach, you come across some 
characters and like you were talking about before got to know their different <laughs> strengths and whatever have you got any funny or interesting stories from your coaching career of like you know tricky situations or just <laughs> random things that have happened that you've thought oh what's going on <laughs> oh I had this one bloke at Lee and Gaffer he was playing seniors he was 18 and he come to me on a Thursday looking pretty tired after training and said, oh, I just don't think I can play this week. I'm, I'm pretty pretty knackered. I've been having to get up at 7.30 each morning. <laughs> oh, and uh, 7.30, not, uh, not the crack of dawn, is it? Uh, oh, what a mistake of that. Uh, yeah, oh, it, was, it was five, six years ago now, but uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but yeah, we... We didn't play him, and I'm not sure if he played again. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I've had, yeah, was, that's a bit of a funny one. Yeah. I remember as assistant coach, I was on the bench, and it was the coldest day ever. You know, you get that one day, maybe every couple of years, it's just like coming in sideways and, and you know, four degrees or something like that. And uh, I had this bloke, I was assistant coach, and bloke come to the bench, first gamer, he's an under 18 still. He goes, oh, so cold. I can't feel my legs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me neither. And then one of my first games at Phil Pollard, actually, we uh, we did the warm-up in the basketball courts next door, and there's quite a like, little but steep hill um, to come up to get back to the, the, to the um, oval. We'd done the warm-up and we're in there, and we're running way late to get on the oval, and said to one of the boys, oh, do you mind give us a hand up this little steep hill? And he's gone, and he's running, and he's gone to push me, and as he's pushed me, he's, he's flipped my front wheels up in the wheelchair, um, and I'm just about to tip out backwards in my wheelchair, and then he's grabbed the back to sort of correct it, and just tipped me straight out the front <laughs> onto me head, my head's just cracked into the, uh, into the bitumen, and then, uh, yeah, we're coaching the Easter game down Phillip Island, which, you know, is... I don't know, 5,000 people, let's say, there uh, with this um, yeah, cut on my face, um, just freshly done. So. Not ideal. No, it's it uh, it a good story, though. Yeah. Yeah. I have a laugh when I think about it. Yeah, I and what about challenges? Like, What sort of challenges are you faced with as a coach and how do you overcome those? Um, yeah, challenges, probably two that are jumping out to my mind are blokes that are trained hard and want to be the best players that they can be. And, and leaving them out of, out of the side, it's um, yeah, someone's someone's got to got to miss out, and, and that's one of the most challenging things about about football coaching is that um, not everyone can can play in the ones that week, and and then you know in the twos you know maybe miss out on the game altogether. So uh, and especially you know five grand finals have to drop a few people for for grand finals and and. Having those conversations are, are very tough. So that's one of the toughest things. And then another tough thing with the uh, faces of coaches, just probably that um, we've had a bit of success and, and then the expectation you put on yourself. So, you know, you go into a classroom, you know, and, and you want to have a positive influence on, on those people. And if some people don't like what you're doing um, or you you don't think you're doing as well as you like. I don't know. I just put a lot of pressure on myself and it probably a bit too much um, and expectations on, on that success. Yeah. Um, I find a, a challenge. So, 
what advice would you give to people that have to make those hard calls as a coach? Like that, a, you know, a new coach getting into their first grand final, they got to make those calls. What would you say? I would say, um, you know, uh, make decisions on you know what you think is best for that team and not necessarily what other people perceive as the right decision. So you confine in the people you, you work with, but don't make a decision because it's easy, make it because it's the right one. Mm. And then two is just to be honest and upfront with people. And um, as hard as those conversations are, and, and you know, people might hold grudges for not um, not getting a game in, in, in the biggest game of, of that year, uh, at least you can go to bed at night knowing that you were honest with them and up front with them and you didn't shirk the issue yeah well, that's great advice yeah, I reckon um, and like you're working with young young guys all the time as a coach and in your speaking role have you, you got a, like a moment where you felt geez, I've actually really impacted that young person's life that you'd like to share yeah I, uh, the one of the best things in my coaching career was when a bloke come up to me and he said, you know, I can't remember the exact words, but he said, you know, you're having such an influence. He's a fair rat bag, um, this bloke. And he said, yeah, you're having such an influence on us as people and not just as, as players. And, um, yeah, that's one of the most proudest uh, moments of my coaching career and, and something that, like, yeah, just by him saying that, um, yeah, it meant a lot, meant a lot to me and... Um, I think sometimes in life we, we think things and maybe don't express it to the people we, we think it about. And um, for him to express that um, to me was yeah, a great moment. Yeah. Oh, but, and then during my speaking, that's football, but yeah, during my speaking, you know, I had people say, um, you know, they went and started a lifelong dream of starting a band, um, you know, helped them get through a dark place in their life and they went on to do this or do that, and, you know, set goals with their running or, you know, sporting stuff and... Um, yeah, there's member of bloke he broke his elbow and they put the cast on too tight and he went back to the doctors and they said no you're alright you're alright and he ended up killing his like arm like, and he couldn't move his hand and stuff like that and he come listen to to me speaking with his mum he was 19 and I was, yeah this is 5-6 years ago and he, I actually spoke to him only a month or two ago and he's just like that moment was just so important for my life and, and he's you know, he still talks about it with his mates and his family today that that moment and how he set goals for himself after that and moved on and yeah that's really touching um, yeah. and, and awesome moment wow thanks for sharing that mate <laughs> great and, and that's you sort of shared there we were most proud to be a coach um, is there a moment you've been most proud to be involved in a club that you've been at at the time um You don't have to say Philip Island in case anyone's listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, the, yeah. In terms of proud moment as well, like is just people coming up and saying, you know, they love love footy again, and, and they, um, yeah, most enjoyable year that they've they've had, and a number of people say that to us and, and stuff like that, and that's something that yeah, real real proud of. Um, in terms of in terms of club. Um, so much work goes into football clubs yeah. and schools and, and different things and, and just the amount of people it takes to create an environment that is a healthy one and a good one and, and both clubs, Lee and Gaffer and Philip Island, have been involved in that everyone from the top down has bought into what the club's been trying to, trying to do and, 
Um, yeah, I'm just very proud of like everyone. Like we're obviously being successful at both clubs, and just everyone that's played a part in that. And success is, yeah, it's a minor thing at community level. Like it's awesome, and you create great memories. But it's more about the process and enjoyment of the year mm-hmm. and feeling valued and feeling cared for because football to me is a bit of a religion for myself in a sense that it's somewhere you can go and be a part of something bigger than yourself and, and feel valued and cared for and, and everyone's contribution to both Philip Island and Lane has been, yeah. been awesome. So, yeah. yeah. That's really powerful what you said, Ben, and I, I totally agree. And probably something I only learnt just as I finished playing footy because it's it felt like for a long time it's all about winning grand finals. It's all about playing finals that you forget about the smaller moments of like sitting in the change rooms and having a laugh with everyone and feeling connected over a joke or a win yeah. and you know talking to that person who spent so much time and just loves coming up and watching yeah. and mm-hmm. wants to talk to you for ten minutes and yeah. So yeah, if I could go back as a young kid or tell any young kid, it would be. Yeah, pretty much what you just alluded to. Oh, 100%. And if you get all those other things right, like, you know, you get people enjoying themselves and valued and cared for and you create confidence in people and players that, you know, you're going to do the best you can at creating success anyway. So I think as soon as the success becomes the ultimate and and at the forefront of your mind that you start losing those other things and Mm -hmm. if those other things are at the forefront of your mind that then, you know, you're giving your best chance to be successful. Yeah. All right, mate, we're up to the, we call this one Fast Five, but I think one of the questions... Jeez, you guys are imaginative blokes, aren't you? Fast Four and now Fast Five. Oh, if you think of it, you know, mate, we'll take it. All right, so these ones are just off the top of your head, don't have to think too much, all right? Um, what inspires you to continue to coach today? Uh, community, I think. Uh, being involved in Phil Pond and, and trying to have the most positive influence on on the people around me and, and stay involved in the game I, I think is the best game in the world yeah and you sort of touch on this but what's the most rewarding aspect of your role as a coach most rewarding is is yeah just getting those players um, enjoying themselves and saying how much they enjoy the experience and uh, there's a lot of mental health issues in this day and age and I think feeling connected to something is one of the most important things so um yeah, I think if um, blokes come up to us and, and saying how they feel connected and feel valued and, and enjoy themselves, that, that's a that's the most rewarding aspect. And 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 then on top of that, working as a as a team to achieve something, I like love that everyone from the you know the bloke that runs the water out to the best player on your team or or you know the person that comes watch you every Saturday that everyone played a role in, in achieving success and uh, when you work hard towards something and then you achieve it it's just such such a good feeling it's like um, if you were just handed that it doesn't feel as good mm. as if you have to work hard towards it so yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in an interview for your job boat and the last question is why should we hire you what would you say <laughs> oh, I'd say uh, far out <laughs> I wouldn't say far out that's for sure <laughs> I'd, I'd say if you if you you'll regret not doing it, and I'll I'll be the best person for for this role. Um, I had an experience like this, and I sort of look back on at Collingwood Footy Club where I got interviewed, and I wish I went my last sentence. They didn't ask me that question, but I wish I had said to them at the end, "You will not regret recruiting yeah. me." 
you will not regret it. And I wish I'd sort of said that to them. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to sell yourself in that. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. yeah sometimes it is. We're too humble. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Now, we've pretty much just gone through a year and a half of off-season, but <laughs> when you're not coaching, what's your perfect off-season look like? Oh, it's... Um, yeah, I love the off-season because I love the sun and love the summer and, uh, yeah, just love getting around mates and barbies and and getting down the beach and, and having a great time. So, uh, yeah, off-season, this one's been one of, the, one of the best in the sense that, yeah, the kids, you know, Lucy, my wife and... My oldest daughter have taken up surfing and, and getting down there and supporting them and, and myself have been out surfing a little bit as well on a powered surfboard I've got and um, yeah and just getting around mates I haven't, I haven't seen in a while and uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. And it's your first day again as a coach, what would you say to yourself? I would say um, that you're not going to please everyone and and rather than avoid the people that maybe are the hardest to coach um, maybe take them under your wing and, and really um, uh, yeah make, make sure that they're heard rather than steering clear of those people that are harder mm. I'm going to take that advice for myself mate because I've got a bit of a coaching role at school so and sometimes that's, that is like a, yeah. a challenging thing if you know someone's going to be difficult or yeah, so. yeah. Well, and it's the same with kids when you're teaching like you have difficult kids and sometimes yeah. it's easy to just Take leave them to do what they're doing rather yeah. than going and address it but yeah go and address it and... I think I didn't get your, their thoughts on things up, ask them questions yeah. um, see what they wanted to do and, and different things like that and even see if you know if someone is troublesome that see what's going on in their life that makes them yeah. act like that because no one wants to be a bad person but in, in the sense of coaching um, my first year as coach I had a bloke that was a very, very, very good footballer and maybe thought he was better than where he was at at the time in terms of playing at Lee and Gaffer. And I steered clear of him more so than, you know, I should have embraced him and, and really got his thoughts on how he thinks we should go about things and listen to those ideas and, and different things like that. So, yeah. Uh, now this brings us to the last part mate and this is like the last little bit it's um, I guess you giving advice or hacks um, to people that are listening and they can sort of go and check different things out Uh, so what's your favourite I guess coaching do you have an app or a program or go to drill nah I I, I don't to be honest I I like picking things off a range of different people so like if I've got an opportunity to go listen to someone that I respect as a person or um, as a football person I I try my hardest to get to that person and listen to them and and draw one or two good things off them whether it be a video on the radio or or in person mentioned earlier that I just think the most important thing as a teacher and coach is, is being in a good mindset yourself if you're frustrated with something in your home life or angry about something at work and then you take it to your football or you know, teaching or, or whatnot, coaching or teaching, that um, that's not great. So to get in the best mind frame possible, so an app I use is um, Smiling Mind. Yeah. Um, it's a meditation sort of thing and depending on how much time I've got that day to be able to commit to it, you know, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes or 20 minutes, um, I try and do that you know, most days, maybe five, six days a week, I'm trying at the moment, you know, ideally seven, because uh, it just gets me in a good frame, yeah. frame of mind. 
it's funny that I've dabbled a bit in that myself and I always feel better after it but it's yeah. the process of actually sitting and doing it that I'm not confronting enough to just do it 100% it's a funny one it's, it's funny though isn't it like you you feel the benefits after it and and you really like it but it's one thing that you just can push aside yeah, and, and, not, and not, not, not continue to do yeah yeah be good if it was like a habit like brushing your teeth like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um do you have like a, a you know to get in that frame of mind other than meditation is there any else like you know get up in the morning what's your go-to that gets you in that space yeah um no nah, i don't have anything in the morning <laughs> at the moment like one of my hobbies and, and something that i'm looking to pursue like um i've got national championships in two weeks and want to get into the international circuit in how many years but um is hand cycling so i'm getting up four or five mornings a week and, and hand cycling you know six o'clock in the morning and so i'm straight out of bed and straight on the hand cycle pretty yeah. much and um or doing weights so yeah um that's sort of my morning at the moment yeah <laughs> um that's a pretty good routine in itself i reckon I'm yeah exercise in the morning it's just clears the mind and, and really good and uh, feel good doing exercise that's for sure mm. yeah I recently smashed that 100k cycle around New Haven didn't you yeah yeah 100, 100k I was pretty pretty pumped with that yeah. uh, being able to get through that and finish it so yeah how, uh, how long did that take yeah, uh, <laughs> well I don't like admitting it because if people don't know me it, um, you know, it sounds pretty slow but uh, five <laughs> hours yeah. If you take into consideration, I've only got my biceps, shoulder muscles, and neck muscles working. Yeah, uh, I'll take I'll take the five hours. Yeah, <laughs> oh, good on you, mate. That's unreal. Yeah. Um, and do you have a like a good teaching website, book, or a social media account? I don't know if that exists for coaching, but a <laughs> book or website that you go to for ideas. Uh, I just look at some docos, you know, like um, the last last dance, you know, Michael Jordan, yeah. um, Playbook, I think it's called on yeah. uh, on Netflix as well, and and podcasts, uh, yeah, and, and just pick a little bit off this person, this person, and, mm-hmm. and try and get to um, some you know personal development days and, and listen to people and stuff like that. So it's not so much social media account or anything like that, and something that. Um, you know, in regards to that and in regards to what's your favourite teacher, coach, education program or, or whatnot, I just think I encourage each person, teacher or coach to step outside their comfort zone and reach out to, to people. Like um, I reached out to a bloke at Richmond saying, can I come watch? I had a meeting there with some exec and then just thought, oh, I wonder if I can get into the coaches and have a chat to them and, and yeah. just reached out to them. And I was like outside my comfort zone to do it, but... Yeah, then you get an opportunity to learn so much more. So if you had the opportunity in a teaching sense or coaching sense to reach out to people you really admire, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to say, no, sorry, can't accommodate you or, or whatnot. So. Well, that very much rings to what we're doing with the podcast, really, isn't it? Like last year with down, sitting down with teachers in our school, you learn something from them. And mm. That's why we thought, let's reach out to the community. And I think every time you sit and chat with someone, you take something else away from them. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So thanks for not saying no, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate um, it. And the, the nah, last, yeah, it's a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, mate. Thanks for uh, welcoming us into your home today and jumping on the podcast. We certainly appreciate your time. Is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it up? Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. Simo expecting a big preseason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <come> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Training's tonight. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get. 
Yeah, get down there, Simo. I'll be pushing for the ones, mate. <laughs> Thanks very much, Bo. I hope um, any teachers, especially listening out there, can take a bit away from the advice you've given. And um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. No, thanks for having us, guys.